Hi, everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and for many years I did live radio. Then I transitioned to the podcast world where I feel I found my home. I love talking about spiritual formation, justice issues, and spiritual practices. Throw in the Enneagram, movies, and current events from time to time, and that's what you get on the podcast. I'm glad you've come along for the ride. Welcome to Faith Conversations. Welcome to Faith Conversations, everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and I'm glad to have Mike Murphy back with me on the podcast. Uh, for those of you who are new or maybe have missed it, Mike Murphy is my husband, and uh, he is a former pastor. I always say former pastor, once a pastor, always a pastor, but um, spent many years in the pastorate, did a variety of other things. Uh, way back was a Young Life area director, started Young Life in the state of Nevada, um, oh, he's done all kinds of things, but um, I am grateful to be walking through life with him. So, Mike, welcome back to Faith Conversations. Thank you. And I'm delighted to be doing life with you. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I wanted to have you on um, for a couple of reasons, but certainly one of them was um, you're a very good writer. Um, you are an author. I didn't mention that, but uh, you put out this post on Fridays. Um, you call it your Friday rumblings, and usually there are 10 of them. They're very thought-provoking. They uh, go between spiritual and political. Um, today, we're going to focus specifically on the spiritual side of things. This is, uh, you know, I realize people listen to podcasts any time of the year. You know, maybe someone just happened upon my podcast and and you're just picking and choosing. You might not be listening to this the day after Easter, but that's when this podcast releases. So we have just come through Lent uh, and Holy Week. You wrote a beautiful rumbling for Good Friday. You just released a single one. You didn't do your usual. And I really wanted to highlight it and then actually go back and talk um, briefly about a, a few of your rumblings from the week before that I felt uh, connected so well with uh, oh, the Holy Week theme, the mission of Jesus, as we've been paying attention to him in the Gospels over the past weeks, um, and probably in our specific reading. I know I've been teaching through the book of Luke with a group of women, and our pastor's been doing some of that teaching. I've been helping to facilitate discussions with this group. So, um, I think we'll start with uh, Good Friday, though, and uh, your, your rumbling. Would you read it? Sure. The old spiritual asks all the right questions. <clears throat> Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they nailed him to the cross? Were you there when they pierced him in the side? Were you there when the sun refused to shine? Were you there when they laid him in the tomb. Then the pitch-perfect response of sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. I said it's Good Friday. It's a strange name for such a sadness-soaked day, isn't it? I'm thinking of all those who conspired to kill Jesus. I'm thinking of Peter who denied him and Judas who betrayed him. I'm thinking of his friends who went into hiding and his mother faithful to the end. 
thinking of the sense of finality the cross represented, all of this and more I have on my mind. Today is about sorrow. Tomorrow we will linger in the silence of heaven and ponder the doubt and confusion of all those who knew Jesus well. Sunday will come soon enough. There's no need to rush. I thought that was really beautiful. And for me, I think one of the things that it elevated was, you know, who am I in the story? Um, that's certainly one of the things that I thought about as you went down the list, talking about Peter who denied him, Judas who betrayed him, thinking of his friends who went into hiding and his mother faithful to the end. Um, you know, of course, I, I, most of us want to say, oh, I'm with Mary, faithful to the end. But, you know, I think we're all over the map at different places in our lives and times with our life of faith, aren't we? Yes, we are. I mean, it's a, it's a Richard Ward talks about, you know, there, there's kind of a pattern that we go through in our spiritual life from order uh, to disorder to reorder. Yeah. And, and what 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 Good Friday was is uh, it a huge disorder uh, was placed upon people who love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, on that Friday, on that Saturday, uh, there's no reordering uh, that came right away. They were having to deal with the disorder of what all that was about, just as we continue to do in our own lives. You know? Right. Uh, people are talking about, oh, I was converted way back when. I think everyone should have about 100 different conversion stories. Preach, preach, yeah. Best they can. Yeah. But the question in that, we, were you there? Mm. Were you there? There's some narratives that just say, oh, oh no, it was the Jews that did it. Mm. I just want to say, if anybody hears that, just to go, no, 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 this is bigger. This is bigger uh, than all that. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they pierced him in the side? And I think that takes a little bit of time to ponder. Yes. Well, and so, yes, it does take time to ponder. I think also, you know, it's all well and good. Walk through Lent, read something every day, have a focus, march through Holy Week, attending various services. But then on Easter Monday, you know, how do we choose to then live? How do we choose to treat the waitress at the little cafe or uh, the the person checking out our groceries or bagging our groceries, you know, how, how are we really um, influenced or, or impacted by what we have just witnessed or talked about or heard preached about from Maundy Thursday through Easter Sunday? How does it change the way we live? It's a great question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think it's an important question. I, I don't think I don't think oftentimes we have the answer to it because we don't stop long enough to really consider it. Yeah. You know, one of my pet peeves is people rush from Good Friday immediately to the resurrection. Yes. I've heard Pat do that. 
yeah, this is bad what happened on, on Friday, but remember Sunday's cup, you know, remember, don't, don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> remember the resurrection happens. That's bad preaching in my, mm. I, I, I think, I think this, that day, Good Friday and the day after should be a time of deep contemplation on the part of people mm. so that we're well prepared for the, for the resurrection on, on Sunday. Yeah. But that reflection we might have on Friday and Saturday might continue during the week. Hopefully it does throughout our life. Yes. You know, we experience this disorder that happens in our life. Yeah. Something that disrupts our faith a little bit. We yearn for resurrection, but we got to deal with what happened now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, every year, this year's no exception. Every year as we enter this period of time, it is also with the backdrop of what's going on in our world and in our lives, you know, our specific lives, maybe a loved one is dying, maybe uh, someone is in a spot of trouble, maybe, you know, what is in our personal lives is one of those backdrops to what's happening and, and to Holy Week and what we're, what we're talking about. And then what's happening in our world certainly is a whole other deal. Uh, you know, we're dealing with and paying attention to the war in Ukraine right now. Um, and, and so, you know, that those thoughts come flooding in as well as we sit with this. Yes. And, and people will reach different conclusions depending on what kind of lens of Christianity they're looking at. That's for. true. Mm. It's really true. And, and I think actually with that said, I, I would love to transition to um, uh, focusing on a few of your rumblings from the previous week that I, I felt sure. really connected with what we're talking about today. I'd love to start with the first one and have you read that. Yes, this is from Howard Thurman. Uh, so people don't know Howard Thurman. He, he was a, a, a major force. He's dead now, but, but uh, remains a force in, 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 in uh, thinking about civil rights, about things like fear, about the socially disadvantaged, and about Christ. And so he was a, a minister. Uh, he was a teacher. Uh, he taught it. Uh, a number of really uh, very good colleges and seminaries. Had a very great deep impact, I believe, on Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. But he wrote this, the ever-present fear that besets the vast poor, the economically and socially insecure, is a fear of still a different breed. It is a climate closing in. It is like the fog in San Francisco or in London. It is nowhere in particular, yet everywhere. It is a mood which one carries around with, it, with oneself, distilled from the acrid conflict with which one's days are surrounded. It has its roots deep in the heart of the relations between the weak and the strong, between the controllers of environment and those who are controlled by it. And my response to what Thurman said was this, we make and hear astoundingly rude and uninformed comments about the economically and socially insecure in our midst. Thurman describes those enveloped by that insecurity 
as being immersed in a cloud, a fog, a mood that is nowhere in particular, but everywhere. It permeates everything. Those of us who feel a degree of economic and social social security sometimes have a hard time grasping all this, but it's real. It's very real. And I, you know, I, I just realized, even as I said, we we are living through the events of Holy Week and onward with the backdrop of what's happening happening in our own lives. Well, that includes uh, inflation. Um, uh, you know, the, the supply chain issues continue due to COVID and other things, and what that means for the poor among us. You know, some of us might be having to tighten the belt a little bit, but you talk about people um, who already had their belt at the on the tightest uh, notch. Um, they're they're going under with what's happening. Yes, inflation is uh, catching up with everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we, we went uh, the other day to just get a bite to eat someplace and we were going by some really nice apartment buildings and wondered what the cost was to live in one of those. And, and I believe it was right around $2,000 for a 630 square foot. It was 26 apartment. or 2,800 a month. Was it? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, and you go, okay, what happens to those who are economically insecure in yes. that kind of Yes. You know, we have, we have a friend that says affordable housing is the issue of the day. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, but we don't see it because oftentimes because we don't want to see it. Mm. Or, we'll say, or we'll say and name things like, well, I pulled myself up on, you know, by, by bootstraps. Mm. I'll buy all by myself. Well, no, you didn't. I'm sorry. Right. Nobody, and and you and I, have, right. You and I have a mutual friend. You worked with him. Um, at an organization in Chicago um, called Breakthrough Urban Ministries. He now works in a, another organization um, in Florida. But, uh, but I've, I've heard him do a, a wonderful presentation um, with visuals, which really helped uh, talking about the safety net that we all have. Yes. Except then he shows the safety net that people who are already in an insecure space, socially insecure space have. And it is not the nice wide safety net that you and I have. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, it's what Thurman says. It's an ever present fear yeah. that, that just pervades and invades uh, people's lives. And, and there's no easy way out of that. Uh, and it makes it doubly hard if those of us who call ourselves Christ followers say and name things or uh, support policies that keep people poor or label them. And it's just part of this ongoing process that, that keeps certain people where we, they, where certain people are able to advance, others really have a difficult time advancing because the mechanisms aren't in place to allow that to happen. Uh, you you have another rumbling that goes along with this, I, and I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce his name correctly, but this is from Liturgies from Below by Claudio Carvalhas. That's my best <laughs> pronunciation, but I thought that this was powerful as well, if you would read it. Yeah, you'll see uh, see how it fits into scripture. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Come unto me, you who are depressed and you who are oppressed. Come unto me, you who are hungry and you who are angry. Come unto me, you who are unemployed and you who are underemployed. Come to me, you who are anxious and you who are bitter and frantic. Come to the place of blessings where you will find respite, peace, and joy. Whew. It's it's such a life-giving invitation, isn't it? Come to me. Mm. And we all need those kind of places. We have to be those kind of people that create those kind of places for people. Come to me. Yeah. Or do we just like hanging out with people that are, who are just like us? Uh, Mike, stop. <laughs> stop you and i so appreciated that you posed that question to to us that you're posing that to us you know how can god use us to create those places um for for both ourselves and others uh, i think that's, that's really right. important you and i are both spiritual directors and uh that's all about uh, uh, that so much of that is about opening up the invitation um, from God to someone who's, you know, taking a look at their lives or maybe missing some things, you know, asking the invitational kind of question, because that's what God is about, always inviting us, right? Yes, God's always inviting us. I think a lot of it comes back to our inability to see Jesus who he, for who he really was mm. uh, and is. Uh, and we, we make Jesus into our own image and likeness instead of us being made into his image and likeness. Yeah. And I think that there's a very, a very real reason that Jesus, uh, God, God, the father, you know, Jesus, the ever present, you know, who is the, uh, embodiment of the father. Uh, Yes. I'm not sure where you're going, but I'm hoping. (laughs) Yeah. There's a reason he came into a, community that was being oppressed Mm, rome was an ever source of irritation because they controlled Mm. you know the nation Mm -hmm. they controlled just about anything the jews had a measure of you know some control they're allowed to do certain things but rome was always making up for that Mm. people were not particularly wealthy the jews were romans were Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got all these kinds of things, and uh, it can be hot and dusty, and uh, all these other things in Israel for people that have to walk every place that they're going. And Jesus came to enter into that world yeah. uh, in, in in deep humility to identify with it, and we forget that. Yeah, you know, we we just forget that. And what is the reason behind that? That's a question we've got to get to sometimes. What was God trying to say to us? And if we look around our world, if we're honest, there are a lot of people that uh, they need to come to me with invitation. Mm-hmm. They're living in deep poverty. They are without medical care. Well, they are. You're, I mean, you're setting the table actually for the next um rumbling I would like for you to read. This is by uh, Father James Martin. Oh, yeah. I love James Martin, and I know you do. do. 
Jackie and, and I are, we did. We grew up in the but, same town. But never met. <laughs> no. But he sent you pictures of your father's church, the Baptist church. I yeah. yeah, actually, he, Larry Crabb, and I all grew up in the same town. I love that. Really? Yeah, Larry Crabb well, also went to the high school, same high school there. Well, that's like a, a holy trinity. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> cool. But we never, we none of us ever met each other. <laughs> that's right. probably good. Yeah. <laughs> Martin says, here's what Jesus never said. Feed the hungry only if they have papers. Clothe the naked only if they're from your country. Welcome the stranger only if there is zero risk. Help the poor only if it's convenient. Love your neighbor only if they look like you. It's good to remember what Jesus didn't say because, you know, uh, I said there are plenty of nitwits arguing that Jesus was a hater who gives us permission to hate. And I think that's true, don't you? Mm, it's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think it's always important to take a look at are we are, are we saying some things when we talk about our faith that really aren't part of the teachings of Jesus yeah and I think we are I, I agree with that I do too I, I, I think, and I, I think sometimes we we do it sometimes we do it inadvertently we don't even catch ourselves or see it sometimes it's very purposed and um we choose to ignore what Jesus says. Well, we do. And uh, I love, you know, I love what he says. Welcome the stranger only if there is zero risk. Mm. There's always risk. It's interesting to me as, as we talk about immigration in our family, we always seem to have problem with people that are brown and yellow, black and whatnot coming to our borders. We have less problem with Ukrainians. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. You know? Mm -hmm. And uh, there's times I won't, you know, well, I don't wonder about it. I know this for a fact. Race does play a factor in many of the decisions that we make. make. But it can't be, it can't be a factor in the decisions we make as Christians. Right. Yeah. Because if our allegiance really is to Jesus, who is our Lord and, 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 and Savior, yeah. the Holy Spirit who guide, guides us, there's no room for that kind of nonsense. Mm. Now, how we work it all out is a matter of, of debate, but the attitude has got to be, what can we do to help? Mm. Not how do, how do we keep certain people away? Yeah. Or if we help them, does that mean less for us? Mm. We can't say we're Scarce, scarcity mentality too. I mean, you know, there's so many things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And oh. some people who say they want us to be a Christian nation, what does that really mean? I, I think what what Thurman is saying, what uh, uh, what Martin, Martin is saying, is saying yeah. are saying, you know, if we want to be a nation that embodies Christ, we got to pay attention to the things that Jesus paid attention to. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, that's not a Christian nationalism kind of thing because that's making Christianity into something it was never meant to be. You know, I was, I was going to skip the, the next rumbling um, because it had to do with me, but you kind of got, uh, are taking my thinking in a certain direction. So I'm going to 
um, have you go ahead and read this one. Uh, there are those on both the political and religious right. And uh, no, no, number six or well, the, the haiku. I'm not sure where you are. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, that one was really good, too. Okay. Storm <laughs> six. This is one by, by one of my favorite authors. This is just a beautiful woman who wrote this. It's a haiku. You know what a haiku is, Anita? I do. It's uh, five syllables on the first line, seven syllables, second line, five syllables, third line. Yeah, this is brilliant. The storm rages on when life and beliefs collide. I get curious. Anita Lustria. <laughs> That's you. I know. In my response to that, because I posted this one other time, I smiled, you know, because it's so much like you. Because who else but you grows curious when life and beliefs collide? I know so many people that go get fearful and bewilders, bewildered, but curious. You know, it's such a great response because it says, ah, huh, I wonder what God is up to now. And, and I might not always be happy what God is up to, but I'm wondering, right? <laughs> well, wondering. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and I guess, is, yeah. yeah, well, and I guess I, I, I wanted to, to highlight this one because um, that, that line when life and beliefs collide comes from Carolyn Custis James, and it has stuck with me for uh, uh decades, maybe a couple of decades, actually. And Carolyn was on the podcast last week. And so I can point people back to that as we talked about um, really another kind of oppression, and that's um, patriarchy and the oppression of women. Um, and, and I, you know, as we were talking about other issues here, I, my mind went back to that um, podcast. But yeah, there's a lot of life and belief colliding these days, I think, in um, many of our hearts and minds, and we have to pay attention to it. I think we have to get curious. We, we've got to sit with it and pay attention to it. Yes. I think what's happening to the church now is it's, it went from a very well-established order, wheels were greased and everything, to disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to what we said earlier, but, you know, and in the midst of that disorder, we have to sit there and live with it. That's kind of our holy Saturday. Yes, that's good. Thank you. We, we've got to, we've got to yeah. live, live through that. We've got to work it through. We've got to ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. We have to find the blessings within the disorder. We have to deal with the confusion as a gift from God, something that he's giving us so that he can do a greater work within us. Then we can move to a reordering. But the questions we're facing, you know, it's Christian faith as people who, who, who profess Christ, the, the questions are pretty deep these days. Who are we going to be? How then shall we live? Yeah. I think it's a fun time. <laughs> except when it's not. Yeah, except when it's not. <laughs> there you go. But, oh. but, the, but the best of us, I think, the best of us are saying, okay, bring it on. This is what's served up. God is still in his heavens. Jesus still is alive. The Holy Spirit is at work within me. God, bring it on. We can work this through. Can't wait to see what God is up to. Can't wait to discover what that is. That's really the spirit of, 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 of the end of Holy Week here. You know? mm. 
Uh, how about um, you read this one, and I'm going to attempt the name, Rabindranath Tagore. Oh, yes. <laughs> I really, I like this. Just a short quote. It, 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 it is. I'm trying to find the, the number on that. Seven. On mine. I don't know if you changed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. All I can know about Tagore, Tagore, I think it Tagore, is. Tagore, okay. It's that, that he is not alive now. Okay, all right. But but he's well thought of. <laughs> we all are after we're dead, yeah. I guess. But <laughs> right. <laughs> he said, I slept and dreamt that life which was, I start over. Yep. I slept and dreamt that life was joy. I awoke and saw that life was service. I acted and behold, service was joy. I love the circular nature of that. <laughs> yes. So and, and you know who's delighted with that? Who? James, who wrote the book of James. Well, yes. I should have guessed <laughs> one of your favorite books. Well, it is. Yeah. You know, it's what, what's faith without works? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's, what's work without faith? Yeah. Yeah. The, it's the circle. Yeah. Totally. Well, speaking of faith, um, let's let's end with uh, with a quote from Richard Rohr and your thoughts about that. All right. Number nine, if you're looking. <laughs> I, I am. I am. Because I realize my numbering system is a little bit different than yours. So it's just, that's all right. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> this is so beautiful. Uh, Faith does not need to push the river precisely because it is able to trust that there is a river. The river is flowing. We are already in it. This is probably the deepest meaning of divine providence. So do not be afraid. You know what it, it means? I, I know what it likes to be, what it's like to be anxious and fearful. After all, I'm married to you. And, <laughs> and you're an Enneagram six. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm married to you. Uh, <laughs> and an Enneagram six. Okay. <laughs> One of my lifelong struggles is to, to really trust. I mean, really trust that God's God. Um, Roar is saying, you're in the river. got to just trust that there's a river of faith that's pulling you along you know that's taking you someplace mm. we're in it we're surrounded by it mm. so live live fully live large that is comforting it is uh and comforting you know on the heels of holy week and good friday holy saturday easter sunday I mean, this, because this is where the rubber meets the road. It's like, okay, then what, what about Monday? Uh, you know, I'm moving on. Well, get into the river. We've got get to get into, into the, the river. Get into the river and let it flow and go with it. And I think this is a time of a great examination of our lives. What is it that we believe in? Why do we believe it? Mm. And go back into almost like as if you're starting all over again. Mm. 
I, I think we in America are going to have to wake up to that reality that we've got to really stop and consider and mm. pray. Yeah. Either got to, we've got to examine our life. Yes. In our life together. I agree. I agree. Well, uh, I know some will be wanting to see those rumblings in print, and I will uh, put those in the show notes of the podcast, along with your Holy Saturday uh, reflection on uh, the spiritual were you there when they crucified my Lord. And as always, it's um, a treat to have you on the podcast and just to be able to talk through some things. And um, I'm really grateful you joined me today. Glad to be here. And to everyone else, I say keep the conversation going.